Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I am Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and I am a Goran genius. Was that a Firefly curse word? It absolutely was, and this calls for it. I was clear, clairvoyant is the word, clairvoyant, uh, earlier this week, whenever I was calling the, uh, whenever I was recapping the Bills-Titans game before it even happened. You, how, how were you clairvoyant? A, you said that the Bills would win 31-28, which definitively didn't happen, and B, uh, you don't, you don't have a B, do you? Because I was actually pretty spot on from a fantasy standpoint. You, okay, you, you might have had some things in there, but, okay. Um, well, first of all, Jonu Smith did in fact score two touchdowns and was a fantasy stud at tight end. Called that. Stefan Diggs had another stud performance. He scored over 20 fantasy points. He barely Barely got 20 fantasy points. Still, he got 20 fantasy points. I said he would have a good performance, and he did. Derrick Henry, also, I said he would have, like, a mid-teens fantasy points game. He got you 19 points, which is, like, high teens. That is very high teens. Derrick Henry definitely outperformed your clairvoyance. My clairvoyance would have convinced people to start him. No one needed convincing to start Derrick Henry on, on Tuesday night. Well, I was still right. But you weren't right about John Brown or Zach Moss, who both put up zeros because, because they were injured. And they were both surprise inactives. Both expected to play. So how can I possibly do any better than that? Well, you could have predicted that they were going to be out with injuries if you were truly clairvoyant, as you so love to say right now. Well, I can't be perfect, but <laughs> honestly, bros, um, and this is to you, the audience, um, and not just bros. Um, I say bro like a, uh, it is a gender-neutral term, but I also know that it is not a gender-neutral term, so... Um, Hey, use. Oh, God. Yes. I can say use. Hey, use. I can't say use, guys. Hey, use. Um, we were very wrong. That was, I gotta admit, um, Tuesday was a rough podcast for uh, the two of us, both Leighton Samuels and Leighton Schlanger. That is right. Um, we, we were rushing. We were rushing way too much to try to get through an entire weekend slate of football games, didn't get enough research in, and we also just totally forgot who we were vouching for. I am Team Mahomes, you are Team Russ. Yeah, we really, we screwed the pooch on that one, and it was like 20 minutes later. Like, we could not even remember what we did 20 minutes prior. And we were also wrong about some more specific things, like the fact that Chase Claypool definitely scored more than 36 fantasy points because he also had a rushing touchdown. Like, I don't know... I was looking at the stats. That's on me. I didn't even, um, <laughs> I have no idea what I was doing there. Yeah, but like, you know, we can't be perfect. And um, actually, let me ask you, I know we're in our intro and we're not really doing fantasy analysis yet, but what do you think of Chase Claypool? Do you, are you buying into the hype? I, I legitimately don't know for sure, but I'm leaning towards no. He got most of his work once 
Deontay Johnson left with an injury. Um, Deontay Johnson looks like he'll be back this week. Um, Juju isn't going anywhere, and Juju is extremely talented. And to quote Mina Kimes, who a genius over at ESPN, uh, Ben Roethlisberger ranks 32nd in average completed air yards this season and has the worst off-target rate on 20-plus yard throws in the NFL. Now, I don't know who that applies to because I consider all three of their main wide receivers, Juju, Deontay Johnson, and and, uh, Chase Claypool, all to be deep threats. But what that tells me is like there's still not something quite clicking in that offense. They still want to use their defense and run the ball to win games. I think they can only support two wide receivers consistently and I think those two wide receivers are Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, so you hate Chase Claypool, and if he goes off, I get to tell you how wrong you are. I don't hate him, but I consider him a, an extremely high ceiling, but an also extremely low floor flex option at best. Um, another little call that we got wrong um, was, you know, giving DJ Chark crap for not doing well. Uh, but he was also injured, so uh, we definitely overlooked that when we were going over things on Tuesday. Yeah, but he was he was injured in the fourth quarter, so his disappointing game was very real. Honestly, you should really look at Lavishka Chenault, who we who we did talk about. I mean, the, the Lavishka has six or more targets in each of the past three games. He only has one game this season without double-digit fantasy points. And sure, he only has a 14% target share, but that is second on the team behind who? DJ Shark? Nope, Keelan Cole. And what what has Keelan Cole even done this year? So, LaVishka Chenault, I honestly think, especially DJ Shark ain't going to be around this week. Um, he's not healthy, and for as long as DJ Shark is struggling, and even after uh, he gets through these injuries, LaVishka Chenault might be the wide receiver you want in Jacksonville. Look at us diving right into fantasy analysis to help use the listeners. I'm supposed to be the only one that can say that. You can say y'all. Okay, y'all, the listeners. Yeah, you're the one from Texas. And where are you from? Oh, don't ask me that question. I am in some mishmash of a place in New England or in... You know, maybe in New York or possibly in Jersey. <laughs> it changes every single time we do the podcast. Okay, okay we found some consistency with your voice. So, you know, give yourself a little more credit. We have a lot more to cover today. But first, hold on. I actually have more to say because you got to do your COVID rant uh, earlier this week and... Or last week? I think it was last week. I want to do my COVID rant right now because guess what? We have yet another team that is dealing with positive COVID tests. And I've kind of just come to the conclusion that the NFL does not give a flying flurr. So close. I want you to say it too. I know. I know. They don't give a flying flirk about the player's health or the player's safety. All of this is just a facade. I mean, I do not know how you let the Kansas City Chiefs play um, after they were all exposed to the to the New England Patriots. I do not know how you let the Titans play after they had a positive test two days prior. And like, 
Fingers crossed that it doesn't lead to anything more, but, I mean, all evidence has pointed to the fact that this thing is continuing to spread around the NFL, because now the Falcons are dealing with COVID, and they're probably gonna play this weekend, because the NFL does not care, because their chief medical officer had the balls to say he does, he thinks a bubble would be a bad idea. A, because it quote-unquote, does not, uh, is not proven to work, end quote, despite the fact that you look at the NHL postseason, zero positive tests. You look at the MLB postseason so far, zero positive tests. You look at the entire NBA, end of the season plus postseason, zero positive tests. A bubble is exactly how you stop the spread of the virus amongst your players, But the NFL doesn't want to pay to facilitate that. They do not want to spend that money. They do not care about their player safety. I mean, surprise. Surprise. The NFL doesn't care about their players. Like, this has been an unfortunate issue that we've been... uh, And and nothing against what you're ranting about. I, I, I am obviously just as passionate about you as all this. But this is nothing new. The NFL didn't care about player safety... Um, you know, when people were getting the crap beat out of them for the past century playing the game. They didn't care about player safety when everything about concussions was coming out, when everything about CTE was coming out. It surprises me not at all that they give zero Fs about player safety now that COVID-19 is a thing. Now, can we continue? Absolutely. Um, just had to get that off. I appreciate you. And I hope the NFL um, can get their head on straight regarding player safety. But we have more fantasy analysis to hit. So, uh, yeah, we don't have a Thursday night game, unfortunately. That sucks, right? Um, But what we do have is a couple of running back duos that are creating some issues. And we also have our favorite flex plays because that has been a very popular segment from us. So... You want to do it? Let's friggin' do it, baby. Hit that drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. All right, we're gonna jump right in. We're gonna hit it real hard, just like the NFL was hit real hard with some huge news. Le'Veon Bell released, and Le'Veon Bell picked up by... The Kansas City Chiefs. Now, (laughs) oh boy, this was... So when we found out that he was either going to the Bills, the Dolphins, or the Chiefs, I had two feelings. Um, I had one, God, I hope he goes to the Dolphins for Le'Veon Bell owners because then he could actually be a bell cow. Um, Miles Gaskin would go back to being a pass-catching back. Um... I was like, man, I really hope he doesn't go to the Bills because then you have Devin Singletary and Zach Moss muddying up now what would be a three-headed giant. And then there's there was the most likely candidate and the one that turned out to be the perfect match for Le'Veon Bell who wants to win a Super Bowl, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, does this help Bell's value going forward? I'm actually going to posit that question to you. Um... Is he working behind a better offensive line and in a better offensive scheme? 
Abso-freaking-lutely. So I think if you are a Le'Veon Bell owner, this is a good move for you. Um, and if you're worried about splitting time with Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, and the fact that Clyde Edwards-Alaire might own that backfield, I mean, eh, Le'Veon Bell just averaged 4.62 yards per carry against the Cardinals behind the miserable Jets offensive line. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has averaged just 3.67 since his breakout week against uh, against Houston in Week 1. And Houston is literally the worst run defense in the league. They have given up the most rushing yards in the NFL. And that was really Clyde Edwards-Alaire only, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire's only successful game. Now, yes, but CEH isn't going anywhere. This will be, I think, a perfectly split backfield, which is bad news for both Le'Veon Bell owners and CEH owners. Uh, honestly, let, let's just take a moment of silence for everyone who drafted CEH in the first round of drafts, because this is not what we, what, what, what we, I actually didn't draft him. Don't rub it in their faces, you douche. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but this is exactly what we were worried about. We were worried about uh, an, an off-season or a mid-season acquisition of another running back. And we know that Andy Reid loves working with two running backs. Last year, both Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy had over 100 rush attempts. And they had 37 and 34 targets, respectively, last year. Like, the, like the, that is about as even of a backfield split as you could possibly have. And I am, I am almost 100% certain that is exactly what we are going to see here. Because Andy Reid is a smart NFL coach. He knows that two fresh running backs is better than one running back who is doing well, but is going to be getting tired as the game goes on. I think this makes the, the Chiefs offense even more dangerous. And to be honest, the guy who, who um, benefits the most from this is Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes' value as a fantasy asset goes up even more than it already has as the with Dak Prescott's unfortunate injury. Now the clear number one quarterback in uh, the NFL as far as fantasy goes. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you do that because Russell Wilson is still the number one quarterback in the NFL. Even after this, even after the, the improvement of the Chiefs offense, absolutely, I still think that I am still going to be Team Russ hardcore even though we could not even remember what teams we were on at the end of the last episode. Um, but still, uh, you're, you're, you're painting a worse light for Le'Veon Bell than, than I think is going to be the case. Le'Veon Bell is <laughs> now going to be the goal line back for a team that is going to score a lot more touchdowns. He outweighs Clyde Edwards-Alaire by 20 pounds, and Le'Veon Bell isn't even like a big guy. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is just small. And in this season so far, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has seven rush attempts inside the five-yard line. That's amazing. That is third in the league. But he has totaled a negative three yards in those seven rush attempts. That is a negative per rush average, if you were curious there. I I can do that much math. Yeah, so Le'Veon Bell owners, I think you can rejoice. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire owners, I am sorry. Uh, he should still be a viable flex play. 
um, especially over the next couple of weeks as Bell is getting accustomed to the offense, but temper expectations moving forward. And I think um, both of you should be worried, Um, but it's going to be tough to predict which of them goes off. We did bring up very briefly that uh, Dak Prescott was injured. What does uh, what What do you think about Andy Dalton? Pick him up, play him. I mean, I don't know what what more proof you need than that final drive against the Giants when he got them in the field goal range to win that game. Those deep balls to Michael Gallup, a hey, two amazing catches by Michael Gallup, but those were wonderfully placed balls. We forget that Andy Dalton was stuck in a miserable situation in Cincinnati for the last while, the last few years of his career there. So he was a good quarterback. And I think that this is the perfect situation for him. He has one of the best receiving cores in football to help him out. He has, he has Ezekiel Elliott so that he'll be throwing the ball against stacked boxes because I can guarantee you teams are going to stack the box and dare Andy Dalton to throw the ball. Their defense is garbage. They're going to be playing from behind. Andy Dalton is definitely a top 10 QB moving forward. Might even be top 7. We will see. I would love to disagree with you. Um... I I, I, don't, I wouldn't say top seven. I think top ten, maybe. Andy Dalton is still Andy Dalton, though. Like, he, he, he lost a fumble in this game. Like, he, he still is a, an extremely mistake-prone quarterback, and I would not trust it until I see it moving forward. Um, anyway, that was the other injury we had to talk about. We, uh, we weren't, weren't initially planning on talking about a quarterback. We just wanted to talk running backs. Um, Because we have another running back duo that we mentioned on Tuesday that we could talk about forever. And we figured, why not? We're just going to nail it down here. Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds? Honestly, bro, get me out of there if I possibly can. But we can't. We have them. We have both of them in a league. Like... We have both of them in two leagues. What are we? What are we gonna do here? Uh, oh boy, I think I think this is becoming a game flow thing, because bottom line, Kenyon Drake is just getting more opportunities. He is averaging 18 opportunities per game, and that is rush attempts plus targets. Chase Edmonds is only averaging 10. That is barely half of what Kenyon Drake is doing. And sure, like not all touches are created equal. Not all opportunities are created equal. Targets are much more valuable than rush attempts, and Chase Edmonds is averaging four to Kenyon Drake's one. But Kenyon Drake, again, he he has been a pass-catching back in the past. So, you know, like, it's it's got to be just a matter of time until they figure out how to throw to him. But, but they haven't yet. We're now five games into the season, and Cliff Kingsbury refuses to pass to Kenyon Drake. I think Chase Edmonds is the guy that you want here. he's just proven to be more effective. He looks like the better running back if you just watch him. And clearly, he has continued to do more with fewer opportunities. And if they give him more opportunities, he's looking to be in the RB2 range. Um, And gosh, if if Kenyon Drake falls completely away, Chase Edmonds is a top 10 running back. Well, but you're assuming that Kenyon Drake is just going to fall away, and I don't think he will. The, the Cardinals like him, and 
The Cardinals defense has been sneaky good, like sneaky, but good, allowing the fifth fewest points per game in the NFL. That provides Kenyon Drake with more opportunities. And he has four rushes inside the five-yard line. We know they like using him close to the goal line. That, by the way, four rushes inside the five-yard line is more than Josh Jacobs, who is a fantasy side. That but that's not, Josh Jacobs is scoring touchdowns from outside the, the five-yard line because Josh Jacobs is a ridiculously talented human being. Yes, that is true, but we are talking about Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, and Josh Jacobs is not on the Arizona Cardinals. That is definitely not the point I was making. But regardless, let's just look at the schedule moving ahead. We know that they play the Seattle Seahawks twice. We know that they're playing Dallas next weekend. I mean, there are a lot of, of games on this schedule that I am expecting the Cardinals to be playing from behind. And Chase Edmonds is their passing down back. So I, 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 I want Chase Edmonds this week. For example, I would be ranking Chase Edmonds ahead of Kenyon Drake against Dallas because Dallas will still put up points even with Andy Dalton, who you just tried the trash. I, yes, I think even with Andy Dalton, I think Zeke runs all over the, the Cardinals. And Cardinals playing from behind, they're going to need Chase Edmonds, not Kenyon Drake. Well, this might be the game that Kenyon Drake gets more involved in the passing game. Maybe, but he hasn't proved it yet. And so they're both clearly game flow dependent players, which is at least nice because you can kind of predict this. If they're up like they were against the Jets, you know that Kenyon Drake is going to get more opportunities. If they're down, like I have a feeling they will be against the Cowboys, against the Seahawks, against the Rams, as, as, as these games come up, you're going to want to start Chase Edmonds. So that's all I'm saying is if you have both these guys, which if you've been listening to us and you know how much we value handcuffs, if you had Kenyon Drake, you should have had Chase Edmonds. If you have both of these guys, you are either starting Kenyon Drake in uh, game flow positive games or Chase Edmonds like this coming week in game flow negative games. Anything else you want on that? Well, I'm holding on hope to Kenyon Drake because he's he's who we got. <laughs> I, I, for our sake, I hope you are right. We will get to our flex plays, but first we have a live read. Uh, you did so well last week. Do you want to go ahead and take this one? Absolutely I do. Okay. Has your life gotten out of control? Do you find yourself stepping on old potato chip bags and candy wrappers? Have you drank too much and you need to throw up, like right now, but you don't want to leave your bed? Try Trash Can! A trash can is the perfect life partner for helping you with all of your deepest issues. Frozen dinner containers still sitting on the couch? In the trash! Important financial documents you're too lazy to look over? In the trash! Seasonal depression? In the trash! The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you can get 20% off your first trash can. Trash cans. Proud sponsors of the Houston Astros. <laughs> you, you dick. I didn't, I, I didn't do that. He, it's, it says right there, go Yankees. <laughs> you can't. You can't try to blame that on the trash cans live read whenever you literally just said go Yankees. I, I'm not I'm not saying anything go Yankees, screw your Astros. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Okay, you're still you're just going to be petty. I'm not I'm sorry that we're uh, still surviving the ALCS and you couldn't even make it to see us. <laughs> okay. Well, 
We at least have a bunch of championships that don't have an asterisk all over them. Oh, oh, you mean all those, all those you won during the steroid era when you were basically running a pharmacy through your entire system? <laughs> I, 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 there is no definitive proof that any of that helped. I, there's, <laughs> you, you got nothing. Well, y'all were literally caught cheating. I know, I know, and we got punished. We are not here to talk about baseball. We have to get to our flex plays because we only have five minutes left. Go Astros, ALCS, we're, we're in game six, baby. We just got to win two more in a row and we can make history just like the Boston Red Sox. Screw the Red Sox. Screw the Red Sox. There we go. Flex plays. Let us get started. Since I am talking up New York football teams right now, I might as well stick with them. The Giants and Devontae Freeman is my flex play. Again, a flex play is any player that is lower than rank 20 in both Yahoo and ESPN. Devontae Freeman is the workhorse back in New York. He has been with the team now for a few weeks. He is getting to know the offense. He had 19 touches last game. This is his backfield. Um, and Washington is middle of the pack in run defense DVOA this season. I expect this to be one of the few games uh, <laughs> remaining in this season that the Giants could potentially be holding a lead in. And if they are holding a lead, Devontae Freeman is going to get a lot of work. My only issue with this call is Wayne Gallman isn't, isn't gone. He's still there. And sure, he's had fewer rush attempts the past couple weeks, but he's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. So he's clearly doing better. Devontae Freeman, I think, is at 3.6. 6.5 yards per carry is amazing. But that's in part because he's he's getting in these situations that they're not expecting them to run. But Gallman isn't catching passes. So I think I'm just a little bit worried about Devontae Freeman this week. And I think he is a solid flex play for you. Who do you got so I can I can crap on your choices? So um, I'm going to be doing something a little different. This is a discrepancy alert. For those of you playing in Yahoo leagues and looking at Yahoo rankings, these are two running backs that are that are ranked uh, in the the ranked below 20 in Yahoo, but ranked in the top 20 in ESPN. I think Antonio Gibson and Miles Gaskin are actually both RB2s this week. Um, and I say this because they, they might be flex plays in your Yahoo League if you're looking, and I just want to make sure that you are starting these guys. Antonio Gibson has five targets in each of the past two games, which means he's starting to be used more in the passing game. He doesn't have any competition for carries. Peyton Barber has been pretty much a non-factor since week one, and J.D. McKissick is strictly for passing downs. So Antonio Gibson is the guy, and just like... Schlanger over here thinks that, that the Giants might be able to hold the lead. I think this is one of the few weeks, because they're facing the Giants, that the Washington football team will be able to hold the lead. Antonio Gibson should get a lot of work. But, aha, see, I got something for you. J.D. McKissick is, is still very much their passing down back. And if Washington falls behind, Antonio Gibson is screwed. J.D. McKissick has had eight targets per game the past two games. He is heavily used when they are down, and I expect them to be down in these games. Uh, you, you wanted to talk about Miles Gaskin. I do. My gosh, this is, this is, I do not know how Yahoo ranked him below out of the top 20 this week. He is averaging over 20 touches per game in the past three weeks. There's only been one game this whole season that he hasn't had double-digit fantasy points, and he's going against the Jets. It's the freaking Jets. You start, you're run, you start your whole offense against the Jets. 
Miles Gaskin. Get him in your lineups. He might be a top 15 guy this week. For Yahoo, just just get out of here. I don't I don't need your experts. <laughs> I, I we should be one of Yahoo's podcasts because we are better experts than them. I have a wide receiver for you, uh, Devonte Parker. Uh, he easily he, he's he's ranked below he's ranked out of the top 20 in both yahoo and dspn a clear flex play in their eyes he easily leads the dolphins in targets on the year uh he also only has one single digit fantasy game and it was week one when he was still dealing with an injury and guess what same as miles gaskin Devonte parker is going against the jets i think this is i think he's gonna have a stud performance i don't know how he is out of the top 20 Get Devontae Parker into your lineup. Could not agree more with you. And speaking of bad defenses, and I know I vouch for this guy all the time. He put up a bit of a dud last week. But Justin Jefferson, y'all. I mean, see see his opponent. See Falcons Atlanta. They are they're pretty much the Jets. I mean, the, the Atlanta Falcons have the third worst pass defense DVOA in the league. The Jets are second worst pass defense DVOA. So they're a little bit better than the Jets, but their offense puts up more points. So more passing is required. I think that the Minnesota Vikings are going to have to pass to, to keep up with the Falcons. I think they're going to be amped, um, kind of like the Texans when they lost Bill O'Brien. I think the Falcons are going to come out and try to fight um, and prove that they are not out of this season despite losing their head coach and their GM. Uh, and to that end, I think the Vikings are going to need Justin Jefferson to step up. Uh, last weekend was an Adam Thielen game, and that's kind of a bummer. Uh, but even in a heavy Adam Thielen game where Thielen got 13 targets, Jefferson got five targets, and five targets isn't bad. When he got five targets against the Texans the week before, he put up 14.3 fantasy points, and that was without even scoring a touchdown. Justin Jefferson is a stud. Get him in your lineups this week. That's it. That's what we got. 30 minutes on the dot right now. Man, we hit it. Oh, God, we are good. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, This guy, Samuels, over here sucks. His Tuesday podcast was terrible. I was right about everything. And Russell Wilson will be the number one quarterback in fantasy this season. Patrick Mahomes, all the way. Thank you for joining us. Find us on Twitter, at LT Schlamuels. Find us at WeKnowFantasy.com or at WeKnowFantasy on Twitter. Again, hit up at WeKnowFantasy on Twitter for any fantasy advice that you need this week. WeKnowFantasy has a great, very smart team, and they will actually get back to you for your fantasy advice. Thanks so much. We will see you on Tuesday after you win this weekend. Thank you. No, thank you. Right in my car with the window down.